Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get to the show, a quick but I think compelling pitch. Do you know about our secret menu? It's a subscription tier of a thing or two, and it's where we share our shopping guides, answer reader questions, go deep on the trends we're seeing in food, fashion, and design, and just generally get into topics that excite us. Secret Menu subscribers receive an exclusive newsletter every Thursday and also get access to all of our back issues and special resources like our baby registry guide and wedding registry guide. It's four bucks a month and you can cancel anytime. Sign up at a thing or two hq.com to receive it as well as our endless gratitude for supporting what we do. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will give you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. We have just like an incredibly sexy episode planned today. Oh my gosh. We're going to talk about romance novels in a minute. In like a big picture way, in like a zoomed yes. out way, which we rarely do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but before that, something equally as sexy, we're going to talk about identity theft. And identity protection. Maybe that's yes. the sexy part of it. So I, so this is so this particular segment is sponsored and it is in partnership with Allstate Identity Protection. But I have to be honest that when they approached us about doing this together, it was like a, we were like, absolutely, because we weirdly have talked about identity protection a lot between the two of us. I And I partially blame your husband who takes it very seriously. Oh, my husband who has a piece of tape over his computer <laughs> camera. Yes. That one. Is that the one you're talking about? And the reason that you and I end up talking about it is because I think we take comfort in the fact that we're both pretty reckless about it. That yeah. And just feel like, well, everybody's sharing this information. Who cares? But yeah. that's like actually not the right approach. <laughs> well, really? okay. It's a it's a dash of who cares. But for me, it's also the it's so daunting and overwhelming to do it the right way that I just won't mm. even attempt like that thing where you're, you're like, right. I can't even actually cares. think about it. Yeah. It's not who cares. It's to do like to really do this. I would have to live a different life. I would that's, have to have right. an iPhone five, have tape over my computer, use DuckDuckGo. Like I would have to just like live a different life. It just feels like another job that I don't have time for. It feels so cumbersome. So I'm like, I can only do the bare minimum. And I also feel like people who do more than the bare minimum still have issues and get their identity stolen. So I, then I'm like, well, what's even the point? It's like it. 
Which so, is like, yeah, which is not the right attitude exactly, but the alt is at least setting yourself up to know that at some point you like this will happen to you. Well, also just like makes insurance very appealing because you're like, if I can't right. do it all perfectly, at least I will have this like sense of security that I have insurance to deal with it when it does happen. So we're going to have a chat with Madeline Nusser from Allstate Identity Protection. She's going to give us a little bit of a primer on all of this because this is the thing to do before it's too late, basically. Yeah. And with Allstate Identity Protection, they reimburse up to $1 million for out-of-pocket expenses, lost wages, legal fees in the case of identity theft. They'll also cover money stolen from your bank accounts, 401ks, HSAs, tax returns. And by the way, a lot of people's banks have some level of built-in protections, but most financial institutions will only deal with it after the fraud occurs rather than preventing it. And eh. part of all state... Which like ideally you're you're just avoiding this. Ideally. Right, exactly. <laughs> and they're actively monitoring all of these things for you. And like not just with, you know, like robots, but with real people, they're monitoring all of this stuff so that you can sort of like get ahead of it before it becomes a total disaster. They have family plans. So you can put your mom, your dad, your kid, you know, people who might not be as savvy about this stuff as you are. All of them can go on the plan. So go to AIP.com slash a thing or two to see if all state identity protection is available through your employer because some employers mm, are offering mm, it mm. now. And if it's not, you can get a 30 day free trial at AIP.com slash a thing or two. So we're going to talk to Madeline. She's going to give us the, the real deal on all of this stuff and the other things you can be doing. Hi, Madeline. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. So I've been working on something Erica was pretty impressed with it. So I would just want to run it by you as an expert. Well, let's, see how you, let's see how <laughs> you right, feel. All right. Okay. Just workshop this with me. <laughs> Identity me. theft is like COVID in that it's not a question of if we're going to get it, but it's a question of when and how many times. Accurate? I think it's accurate, unfortunately, <laughs> from what I know, which is a oh, bit. Yeah. It's a bit. I think it's accurate. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Okay. But I think it's good to know this. I think it's yeah. good to just like have this in our heads because for the first, obviously, two years of COVID, we were all like, <laughs> well, but if you do the right, right. things, then you're not going to get it and we can prevent this. And I think, yeah, we just need to know that we have to be taking precautions, but that certain things are going to come from us. We need to have backup plans. I actually feel I'm feeling even better about this analogy. One, because Madeline, you have validated it. But two, Eric, I really like the yes and you're doing with it because it brings us to... <laughs> How important is it to to wear the metaphorical mask if we're going to get it anyway? You know? Oh. Like, or should we still be doing all the things? I think the mask is very important. I sometimes joke, you can try remedying identity theft on your own, and you can also do your own car repairs. Mm -hmm. You uh -huh. can also replace your own roof. Yes. So, you know, needless to say. Those are all things you can do. Yes, those are all they things. Are, they I are. I mean, I think... What in this case to me, wearing the mask is changing your passwords and paying attention when Google Chrome is like, that password has been in a breach. <laughs> what are other things that you think count as wearing the mask in this situation? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. So this is very basic as well. But we like to say think twice before you create a new online account. So when you mm. sign up for something, you're going to likely be asked to reveal your own or your family members identifying data. The more mm. that information's out there, the more it might be sold. So if it's really important, you really want to sign up for it, don't be afraid to question why certain details are needed 
or if possible. Like your mother's maiden name kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or you know what we see a lot with families this is kids' social security numbers oh. being asked for. Well, maybe leave it blank. Maybe give the information in with a blank, see if it gets questioned again. That is really disappointing because I recklessly sign up all the time. For, like, <laughs> I, I'm like, you want a new account and you'll let me do it through my Google account? Another thing we recommend, another mask you can wear is placing a security freeze on your credit, your child's credit. That makes it really hard for someone to open a line of credit in your name, which is often where we see identity theft start. This is so smart because, right, I'm not opening credit cards every day. No one, no one here is opening credit cards every day. And if, if you want to open a credit card, you could unfreeze yourself to do yes, it. Yes, you are able to unfreeze your credit as needed. That's exactly right. And you do that huh. through one of the credit agencies. And if you have also a dummy protection, we can help make that very easy for you. What many people don't realize is that you can save a lot of money by enrolling in identity protection through your work benefits. Open enrollment season is usually in the fall, so make sure to check in with your company to see if they'll be offering all state identity protection. Go to AIP.com slash a thing or two today to see if all state identity protection is available through your employer. If not, get a 30-day free trial at AIP.com slash a thing or two. Cool. I love that. My mother has gotten her credit stolen multiple times. Every time it's this project of gargantuan proportions where she's on the phone with what seems like every possible government agency you could get on the phone along with, you know, the credit cards mm-hmm. and the banks and everything. So one question is, when you get your identity stolen once, is it more likely that it's going to happen again? Because I feel like it's happened to her too many times. Well, we we do definitely see it happen multiple times. It's not unusual. Interesting that you bring up your mother Americans over 65, assuming she may be over 65, are actually hit the hardest when it comes to the average amount lost Mm. to identity fraud, which you guys is as crazy as (gasps) $18,000. And I have seen much higher. So I would still recommend, even if your mom at this point in her life likes to fill out those farms, she likes to repair for roof, as we said earlier, that she's to look into All-state identity protection. So if she had all-state identity protection, here's how that situation would likely play out. She would have an identity specialist working with her, doing a ton of that legwork, dealing with agencies, banks, and other institutions. This is really cool. That same certified specialist will continue to work with her one-on-one and remediate the theft no matter how long it takes. We will also cover the costs for many out-of-pocket expenses, lost wages, or legal fees. To have one point person is a pretty huge thing. Yeah, it is. It's like a concierge service, white glove service for everyone. So I know yeah. that you all have this thing. Part of the plan is you can put family members and extended family members on the plan, right? So could I put my mom on my plan? Yes, you can put your mom. You can put your aunt. You can put your grandmother. We have very generous family plans. You and 10 people, what we call under roof or under wallet. So that live with you or that are dependent upon you financially. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. This is like what Netflix needs to think about when they're (laughs) (laughs) or your their phone company, right? Don't you wish your mobile company had that deal? Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, it's also just makes sense because with something like this, you are, as you pointed out, constantly giving away your family members information when you go online. So if one of you gets compromised, probably somebody else under your roof or your wallet is also getting compromised. Well, and you also can't control what 
your like 17 year old is doing necessarily. Yeah. They're creating accounts. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah, and yeah. and identity theft cool affects 17 year olds. Everyone is vulnerable, even babies. Even babies have credit, toddlers, mm-hmm. older Americans. In fact, even though Americans over 65 are hit the hardest, the, the group that's hit the most often are millennials. They actually report that they lose to fraud most often. And this is not just us. This is all backed by FTC data. I wanted you to say that babies were hit the most often. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> child- but I guess it's self-reporting. So the babies aren't reporting. The childhood identity acceptance is actually really high. One out of every 50 children gets hit by identity theft. And the terrible thing about childhood identity theft is because children have credit and they have clean credit, yet usually no one thinks about freezing a child's credit. No one even really remembers it's there. The child doesn't find out until they're 18, 19. Generally, your first big purchase might be student loans. They go to open a student loan and they can't because someone 10 years ago has taken a car out in their name. Oh and they owe money. Yes. yes. So, and with Allstate, you would be monitoring that and saying like, somebody just leased a car in your toddler's name. Yes, probably you, wasn't you can. Yeah. Okay. This, this is, feels really just increasingly necessary. The more we discuss it, we need it. Everybody needs it. Can you explain to us dark web monitoring sure. and what that entails? Absolutely. So dark web seems like a myth, right? But it's actually very real. It's where personal information and or from data breaches may be sold and purchased and used to commit identity theft. Lots of steps in that process from how thieves steal data to sell it to another thief who then uses it to steal your identity. We have bots crawling the dark web to see if your information is on it. We also leverage real people, which is, is kind of a unique thing to hmm. look at closed hacker forums on the dark web to see if that's, you know, an, another place. Having a person do this work, you're just trying to get more context and understanding about how this information is being circulated and where it might be used. Correct. Yeah. So we look for that information and you can tell us what to monitor. So you can say, uh, please monitor my name. Please monitor my driver's license number. You know, yes. Varying types of personal information. And if we find yes. it, we'll let you know. Is there anything else besides what you've already told us with like the credit freezing and stop signing up for so many useless internet accounts that we don't need <laughs> and giving away our information when it's unnecessary, getting all state and monitoring all of our family members, <laughs> not just ourselves. Yeah. And obviously yeah. Yeah. getting the insurance for identity protection from all state. Is there anything else we need to be doing? Yeah, a couple more super basic things. Be really cautious about sharing personally identifiable information. You know, it's fun to celebrate online, whether mm. it's ultrasound pictures of or annual birthday pics. But disclosing too much information, like a birthday, both of those examples, can expose your child to future risks. You can expose too much of your own information. So before you post something, consider if what you're sharing could make yourself or your child vulnerable to fraud. I have to say, you know, like I generally think that we all think people think about us more than they actually do. You know, we all are like, (laughs) oh, God, does that person think I'm like being weird? And you're like, no, that person's not even thinking about you. But after talking to you, I'm like, wow, people really care. You know, someone out there really cares. People about think about <laughs> accessing your money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot. It's just like I'm like, who who cares? 
cares? Who would possibly go through the trouble of figuring out my kid's birthday? But someone is. Well, thank you for coming on, Madeline. This was so useful. It was also definitely the kick in the pants I needed to be more serious about this stuff. So of course, maybe we'll freeze my credit. Yeah. Love this. Love this. <laughs> thank you, Madeline. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much to Allstate Identity Protection for sponsoring today's episode. So I had a like a phone date scheduled with a friend recently mm-hmm. and I called her and she didn't answer and I called her back in a little bit and she texted and she was like, sorry, can't talk. My mom just gave out her social security number to someone. And so it's like all hands on deck, like what a like thing, like, oh, oh my wow. God. Uh-huh. And so it was like, you know, the entire family was just Mm -hmm. like being called in one after the other to help with this, because this is like what we have to do with this. Like, how is this, how we have to handle these things? Well, I, I, we had a a friend of Chris and mine. It's happened to very recently. Who's yes. Who's our age. Like it wasn't like a mom thing. It was, and, and somebody called pretending to be Apple and he gave them some information and was like, Oh shit. And yeah, I, this is why all of a sudden, and identity protection insurance is a thing and why we all need it because it's just so easy to fall prey to these things. And if you've, even if you think you never would. Exactly. You've got to check out Allstate Identity Protection, the best of identity protection from a brand that you can trust. So much of life is logging into our digital lives. The internet knows a lot about you, but it doesn't have to. With Allstate Digital Footprint, you can see a list of your online accounts, track where you've been online, learn how companies are using your data if your personal information has been exposed in a data breach, and get tips to proactively protect your privacy. And all state identity protection even includes dark web monitoring, which sounds very cool to me, with AI and human sourced intelligence providing an extra layer of detection. With AIP, they'll reimburse up to $1 million for out-of-pocket expenses, lost wages, and legal fees, and they'll also cover money stolen from your bank accounts, 401ks, HSAs, and tax returns. Not only will Allstate monitor to help keep you safe, but should identity theft occur, their U.S.-based customer service care identity specialists provide expert support 24-7-365 with an industry-leading 98% satisfaction score. Think the identity protection your bank provides is enough? Think again. The reality is that most financial institutions act only after fraud occurs rather than preventing it. Having comprehensive monitoring and coverage from AIP will help make sure you can stop identity thieves in their tracks before any major damage is done. Plus, AIP can even monitor your social media to ensure no one takes over your account. Wow, wow, wow. So when you think identity protection, think all state identity protection. To find out if your employer offers Allstate Identity Protection, head to AIP.com slash a thing or two. And if they don't, get a 30-day free trial at AIP.com slash a thing or two. One last time, that's AIP.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to Bombas for sponsoring today's episode. I can't remember if we talked about this. It feels like something we would have discussed, but Thomas for a while was on a journey to find some new t-shirts. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it is extremely hard to find 100% cotton t-shirts, like way harder than you would think it is because everything has like a little bit of rayon and a little bit of that and a little bit Mm -hmm. of this. And maybe that's what you want, but maybe you actually just want 100% cotton, which Mm -hmm. just feels like whatever. And you want it to be a nice cut. You want it to be this. You want it to be that. And turns out Bombas is the answer. Um, Wow. Yeah. They have hundred percent Pima cotton t-shirts and they're like cut nicely. You know what I mean? Like the Mm -hmm. neck is right. The like, I don't know. Um, there's been a lot of discussion around men's t-shirts recently because of the bear. So Uh I think everybody knows what I mean about like a nice cut white men's t-shirt. Totally. (laughs) 
Also, Bombas's mission is simple and admirable. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And there's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do and also apparently a t-shirt. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right, as Thomas will tell you. Bombas underwear is so breathable and fits so well, it feels like you're wearing nothing at all, in a good way. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash a thing or two and use code a thing or two for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash a thing or two and use code a thing or two at checkout. Bombas.com slash a thing or two code a thing or two. Hey, beautiful people. My name is Elisa Reynolds and I'm the executive chef and founder of My Two Cents LA and host of My Last Meal, a new podcast that asks people from all walks of life, whether it's musicians, celebrities, artists, chefs, scientists, Renaissance men and women what their last meal on earth would be and why. So don't forget to tune in on Fridays. You can find us anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So why not? Let me tell you about the last meal. Can we talk about romance novels? Yeah, we've both been on a one big years long, long tear. Yeah, I was going to say we've been <laughs> on like some benders, but I don't I think they all just strung together into one. I think at this point bender. it's like a serious relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where for a while you're like, no, we're just like seeing each other. And then it's like, yeah. yep, no, it's this. No, is this real. is what we do now is we just read. We read romance, romance novels. Novels. Yeah. That's right. We were having a conversation with somebody about romance novels. It, it was a man. And we kept saying romance novels and he kept saying romantic fiction. And I was like, I mean, romantic fiction does feel like it has a gravitas to it. So basically on this podcast, we have discussed romance novels, romantic fiction mm-hmm on and off for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but we haven't ever had the pulled back conversation about like the why and why it's interesting mm-hmm. to us and maybe why it might be interesting to you if you've been reticent to dive into that yeah. world because we get it. Right. I mean, it experienced this huge boom during the pandemic for obvious reasons. Like it's escapist, it's predictable, it's formulaic, it always has a happily ever after. It's happy. It's I mean, happy. Like, yeah. first and foremost, it's happy. Like, happily ever after, H-E-A mm-hmm. is practically a guarantee in these books. Mm-hmm. And if you've been living in this world, in this country mm-hmm. for the last six or so years, that might be appealing to you. Yeah. God knows. Who can say? Yes, because we did at various points have the time. <laughs> we did have the time. It's true. Yes. You dug up this great Washington Post article from last year about the rise of romance in the U.S., which I thought was fascinating. It's super interesting. It probably would not be shocking to anyone, but romance's first big breakthrough, like in the form that we think Mm -hmm. of it now, was in 1972 in the midst of the sexual revolution and the idea that like women can own their sexuality and take pleasure in these Mm -hmm. things. And the early versions of these books were sold in drugstores and grocery stores because that's where women were shopping. I mean, I can still picture them at grocery stores from when I was younger. Like, I also liked the point that this article made that Part of what was revolutionary about them, besides the obvious, was that women who were promiscuous or just women who were having sex, period, weren't then 
destined for an unhappy ending. It was it's a super interesting article. It's an oral history. It talks about the role of like black women authors in romance, which I thought was really interesting and continues to be super relevant in that genre right now. One of the women quoted talks about how she's like, there were so many aspects of black and African-American history that I didn't know and that my readers didn't know. So I would take the formulas that were prescribed to us as romance authors and also insert those bits of history that so that we would all learn it. Yes, yes, yes. Also, Fabio is contributing to the oral history, yes. which I love. And he like basically had no idea what he was modeling for, <laughs> like had no idea. And it's delightful, just like totally delightful. The funny part of Fabio saying is he's like, yeah, I would get to model with these beautiful women. And it was really great because I there would always be like this really beautiful woman that on set with me. And then they figured out that women didn't want to see other women on the covers of romance novels because they wanted to picture themselves. So that perk of the job quickly disappeared and I just had to model by myself. <laughs> so good. Just remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Provides a good segue into like this new era of romance novels that we're in because the cover art has really been a major aspect of this new era. To me, it feels like a second wave of romance. Now we talk about everything in waves, feminism and coffee and romance novels. <laughs> on this podcast, at least. <laughs> No, I think that's right. And I think I was trying to explain romance novel book covers to Thomas because I mostly read romance on my Kindle or mm. listen to audiobooks. Same. And so he doesn't like see them lying around that much. Mm -hmm. And it was like they look like every other book marketed to women. Flat illustration, point. which is yeah. it's like the same illustration, honestly, that's used for a lot of startups. But it is like the illustration style that's in right now. Yes. And it's not bad. I mean, it's useful because you know what kind of a romance novel you're getting. Like it's going to be feminist. It's going to be progressive. It will probably have some diversity in it, some representation. It will feature consent. It will feature condoms. All of these things that feel like this sort of major signifiers of this new era of romance. Yes. And I, th and I think like to pause for a minute, those signifiers are such a big deal. Yes. Because I think you and I, if we went back and read romance novels from the 80s, mm -hmm. it would probably be very challenging for yes. us to get swept away in them mm -hmm. because they lack a lot of these yes. things. And there are romance novels that I read now where I'm like, please stop describing like the that like pixie-ish size of mm -hmm. this woman. Oh, yeah. Like, I need you to stop. Like, yes. I don't want to hear how big he is and how small she is. That still exists. Yeah. It's interesting. So I part of what is so fascinating to me about this new era of romance is that it is has gone really mainstream, but it's still super filthy. And <laughs> <laughs> I think that's your favorite part of the whole thing. Well, this whole thing, it is right? so fascinating to me because Fifty Shades of Grey sort of broke that seal where it was yes. like totally filthy, but it was really mainstream and everybody was reading it and it became this major blockbuster film. So in some ways, I want to say that Fifty Shades ushered in this new era, but also Fifty Shades is very much part of the previous era where it doesn't have any of those sort of like feminist and progressive signifiers. Well, and I think so many people who read Fifty Shades didn't think of it as a romance. They thought of it as like kind of its own thing entirely. Yeah. And thus don't feel like they've even read romance, even though they've read that. I think that the, part of the reason and that I am so fascinated with this aspect of these things being really filthy, but also really mainstream and popular and like on these very mainstream influencers, Instagram feeds, is that to me it feels like women sort of 
reclaiming aspects of porn that have like never Mm -hmm. been favorable to women and that have never been geared towards women's audience and have never been authored or created by women and yet inform mainstream idea of what sex is and what sex should look like and what sex should be, right? This is like not a new argument, right? That porn is like so important whether or not we want it to be or not, right? And so then it's super interesting to me that it's like, okay, now we're we have these feminists writing this stuff in a totally different way and it's pushing into mainstream culture. And so like our perceptions of what sex should look like are shifting because Emily Henry is writing what sex should be. Yes. Yes. I think back about when we had Talia Hibbert on the Mm, podcast mm -hmm. and she was talking about how she picked up romance for the first time as a teenager at the library and Mm -hmm. was like, whoa, her entire understanding of romantic relationships were shaped by these books. And I think that's like, I think what you're saying is right. Like Mm -hmm. the potential for that to be done in such a like thoughtful and good way. Yeah. And to shift what the expectations are. We've talked about Cindy Gallup on this podcast before, but she has this platform called Make Love Not Porn. It's user contributed sex videos. Basically, it's a porn platform. But her whole thing is like people are going to watch porn and young people also. And if we're not giving them diverse real life ideas of what sex looks like, then doing them we're a disservice. Just, we're, we're doing yeah. them a disservice. Exactly. And this and feels like, like sex can be funny. We never see that in porn that's created. Exactly. And to me, the, these books feel like in line with her thesis in some way. There's differences, but it feels like it's all, it could all in the best, in, in my ideal <laughs> vision of, of where all this goes, like it, it, it could all lead towards the same end of, of just shaping, yes. shaping our sense of these things for the better. You've been reading a New York Times bestseller list hopper recently <sighs> that I need you to talk about for a minute. So Tessa Bailey is interesting. So I really want someone to write a profile about her just because she's so prolific and so successful. She's done a lot of self-published bodice rippers with the old school cover. And I think she's broken through recently because of these books that she's done that have the flat illustrations on the cover that feel a little bit more progressive. But I will say, you will not like them. because. But you might still read them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and and I do mean you, like it's talking about like the big guy and the small girl and using a lot of sort of like old school or just what feel like a little bit outdated ideas of what the, what an ideal man should look and sound like and what an ideal woman should look and sound like. And I also Uh just want to say that as audiences, like we still are susceptible to all those things. We were made by a culture. Yeah, exactly. We were made by a culture. And so, of course, but like, I just, yeah, I think it makes me mad when they're put to page because yeah. I'm like, you had choices here. Oh, totally. You had options. You had like ways that you could mm-hmm. have done this and you decided to do it in the most sort of like basic. Oh, yeah. Whatever. It's boring in a lot of ways. Totally. Thank you so much to Nutrafol for sponsoring today's episode. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I use Nutrafol to help after I experienced postpartum hair loss and hair thinning and breakage, and it helped so much. And I stopped at some point just because I was sort of like, I'm like back in good shape. And then I don't know, like six months later, I was like, wait, my hair is like really breaky again, you know, technical term. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And I was like, 
oh, because I stopped taking these vitamins that were helping make it like strong and healthy. And so now I've gone back to taking it again, even though I'm not still in this like postpartum hair loss phase because I'm like, oh, it's actually just good for my hair. You're still postpartum. You still <laughs> had the baby before, Claire. I will be postpartum for the rest of my life. For therefore. the rest of your life. <laughs> therefore, I will use Nutrafol for the rest of my life. <laughs> Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning. So stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician formulated using natural drug-free medical grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages. So you'll get the most reliable results. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 3,000 top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code a thing or two to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it is just available to US customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code a thing or two. Thank you so much to ZocDoc for sponsoring today's episode. I have had this thing where, you know, you have certain things on your to-do list that you copy over every time and you're like, that's the thing I've been putting off. And you get used to seeing it there. Like, it, <laughs> like it's just so at home there. You don't even want to delete yes. it anymore. <laughs> exactly. Well, friends, it's been uh, my list of various doctor's appointments to make. And finally this week, I just sat down and made them all and I just did it on ZocDoc. And it was one of those classic things where you're like, cool, that took me five minutes. And I've definitely spent 15 <laughs> minutes writing this down on my to-do list collectively over the past however many months. And it was satisfying. It was a thrill. And I'm so excited to have that uh, off my to-do list and to now do some, you know, procrastinate on some other easy task. That's it. That's it. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. Find and review local doctors, read, verify patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into your doctor's office, you're set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that's right for you, and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and we are two of them. It's our go-to whenever we need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash a thing or two and download the ZocDoc app for free, then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's zocdoc.com slash a thing or two. Zocdoc.com slash a thing or two. Tessa Bailey's books are cheesy and she knows they're cheesy and they are popcorn. Like I I mean, maybe even Tic Tacs. Like you just, you just (laughs) inhale them. The one that got really popular a couple years ago and is now being turned into a movie is called It Happened One Summer. And it's inspired by Schitt's Creek, the the sister character in Schitt's Creek. I started to read it and I was like, this is way too cheesy for me and put it down. And then people kept recommending it. And so finally I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And then I mowed through it and then mowed through the sequel, which is based on that character's sister. And it takes place in this fishing town. They make the Emily Henry books look like Sesame Street when it comes to the filth. Like they're the sex scenes are frequent. They are filthy. They are like a key part of it. And 
that turns out to be like Tessa Bailey's thing. She's just unabashedly horny and loves, loves, loves writing a sex scene and has a huge following and has also been at the top of this New York Times bestseller list for like a truly, I think, unprecedented amount of weeks with both of these books. And Amazing. I and I just keep coming back to like, this book is so filthy and yet it's on everybody's Instagram account. It's at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. But that's like the beauty of the genre. Right. This is like exactly the beauty of the genre. We're all acting as if it's normal or as if that's standard. Okay. So this gets me into the next thing I want to talk about, which is that I think there are a lot of people who like romance or would potentially like romance, but don't recognize that because mm. of the way that the book industry works. Mm -hmm. But I think normal people, both the book and obviously the television show, were extremely like horny. It's like, if you like that content, yeah. you will like this content. Yeah. This is like much more candy. There's no nutritional value most yeah. of the time, but That's like, right. there's nothing wrong with that. Other books that I think fall into the category of romance, but aren't classified as romance, Call Me By Your Name. Mm -hmm. I mean, for Absolutely. sure. Eleanor and Park. The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. I just think that like, which is YA, as is Eleanor and Park. Mm -hmm. Nicola Yoon wrote another book recently that actually is romance mm. called Instructions for Dancing. Never Let Me Go, Love in a Time of Cholera. Like, there are just so many things that, like, check these boxes for sure, but just aren't called that. And it, it really comes down to that, like, why are books categorized like they are? It reminded me of this tweet from Helen Rosner last year, this, like, tweet thread. And she was talking specifically about YA. But she said, really? Actually, when it comes down to it, if the publisher wants men to read it, it's adult fiction. <laughs> and it just really, yeah. it like, it it just felt like everything, like, that holds so true mm -hmm. for romance. Thomas read Normal People and loved Normal People, but none of these things, none of these romance books would ever be on his radar. And it, I would also just, like, broaden this whole criticism to if the publisher wants people who consider themselves literary to read it. Right. It's marketed as adult fiction. Right. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And this isn't this isn't like in contradiction to what you're saying. But the, the one thing I will say that like true romance heads really want are the yes. tropes. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. And which is like a whole other conversation where like so to very quickly like within romantic fiction, there are these tropes that readers and like true fans really look for and really want. They include enemies to love or they include fake relationships. They include celebrity and normie. Uh, celebrity and normal. My That's favorite. your fave. That is my favorite. That's your absolute by favorite. By a mile. But all these things and, and they're helpful because people know what to look for, right? And they also, again, are coming to romance in large part because they want the predictability. So knowing that there's these like formulas and tropes are helpful and and it's comforting and I think some of these other books like don't rely on them in the same 100%, way a hundred percent a hundred percent and they're more just things that like could like really are so close to romance yeah. that if you like those things you will also probably like some of this well and I and and I think there's an argument to be made right that like you could broaden the category and they don't all have to have the tropes exactly right? exactly yeah. I don't know how to describe it but you hear me complain about it all the time in romance that I always struggle to get over these like really convoluted projects that put, get put oh, at the center of the plot yeah. that are this how the it is how the author creates both the tension and the reason for the couple to get together. And yeah. it they always feel so convoluted to me. And I'm like, this is not an actual project that anybody needs well, to Well, because they're on. like the kinds of things that used to happen on Saved by the Bell. Yes. Where it was like, Lisa has to plan this dance <laughs> and like blah, blah, blah. Like it's like mm -hmm. always these kinds of things where you're like, yeah. but why? 
But why? You could totally get these these two people together another way. We could have this book without that. But yeah. why? <laughs> exactly. um, can we dive into some of the books we think are good mm-hmm. if you're like new to this world, if you're dipping your toe in that we think you would be into and wouldn't be scared off by? Well, I mean, the uh, the one that everybody knows we're going to start with, The Idea of You by Robin Lee. Everybody's like, all right, get it over with. I do genuinely feel like it's the book that will get people in if you're worried that something's going to be too cheesy. It's just not cheesy at all. No. And listen, if you've listened to this podcast and somehow have not read this book yet, wow. Now I time. mean, wow. Yeah. Wow. Now's the time. Now's the I time. I mean, the problem with with positioning it as an entryway, as like a gateway drug, is that you will then just spend the rest of your time in romantic fiction chasing something as good as it. And it's, there's, there's nothing just like it, unfortunately. No, there is not. Yeah. There is not. Other things we thought have thought were really good recently. The Roommate by Rosie Dannon, which is kind of, which is like smartly done it's in very a similar smart. kind of way. And yeah. I like, it's, yeah. it's about the porn industry. And yes, I found that to be a sort of like super interesting way into romance. And I believe it was her first romance novel, this author's. Yes. And yes. Rosie Dannon. Yeah. yeah. And she handles it really smartly and interestingly. And it felt a little meta to have a romance novel sort of commenting on and critiquing the porn industry. Correct. How to Fake It in Hollywood by Ava Wilder um, is like exactly your fake oh, romance. Yeah. I really situation. liked this one. Yeah. We talked about it a while ago, but it's it's the one that we were talking about that I was like, to me, this is Ben Affleck getting together with like, I don't know why I pictured Dakota Fanning, but it's a fake relationship with like an older actor with substance abuse problems who needs to rehabilitate his image and a new up and coming ingenue. And of course, they can't help but fall in love in the midst of faking it. Obviously, they can't help mm-hmm. but fall in love. Obviously, and also, there's no such thing as spoilers when talking about this. Yeah. Content because what happens is the people fall in love. Like, <laughs> that's, that's right. what happens. It's just how it is. Something Wilder by Christina Lauren. Christina Lauren is a writing duo. Mm-hmm. And I've read a handful of things that they've written. And I I like was real like, am I going to like something Wilder? It's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like a city slickers, like the like the Billy Crystal mm-hmm. movie vibe. But the woman is running this outfitter in like Wyoming or Montana. And an ex-boyfriend of hers comes out on this like weekend guys trip. It's also just a little different. It's a little different. And I, ha- yeah, I had just not read a w- romance set in in that place before. Okay. And it was a treat. You're reading right now, Seven Days in June. By I Taylor am. I, I think it's great. It's I think it's so good. It's really good. And the thing I will say about it is a lot of these novels describe themselves as rom-coms. And I do not laugh. Like I just I'm like, I enjoyed it. I loved it. But I don't think it was funny. This book, I have laughed out loud so many times. It's funny. And and it's not. It's funny. I don't even think of it as a comedy. I just think the writer, the author, Tia Williams, is really sharp and funny. No, because there also it's like there are there are there's some grief and there's some. Hard oh, yeah, stuff it's dark. There's some like it's yeah, there's some darkness in this book. I um, think I'm realizing yeah. that I actually like darkness in romance because romance is so quick to be like sort of overly cheesy and having a sort of dark storyline like with how to fake it in Hollywood. There's the substance abuse and in this there's and grief. Yes, there's grief. There's in grief. That yeah, sure. I think it helps sort of ground some of these novels from becoming just too silly. Yeah. Yeah. Too saccharine. Yeah. yeah. Saccharine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We mentioned Emily Henry. Is Book Lovers your favorite? It is my favorite. That's yeah. That's the one. The most recent one. Yeah. Where it's the book agent and editor. Yes. 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 Yeah. I do yeah, think that's, that's the best the third of them. One. She's like, I do think, I'm, so Emily Henry has Book Lovers, Beach Read, and People We Meet on Vacation. 
And I think her popularity has pushed this genre in a big way. For sure. Same with Helen Huang, Mm -hmm. who the heart principle is her third. And that is my favorite as well. Okay. Which just brings me to a point that you don't have to read any of these things in order. Like at all. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They're all just stories that happen in the same universe in the same way. So many things, you know, think of it as the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. It's Talia Hibbert's universe. It's Helen Huang's universe. Like Jasmine Guillory think, is another one. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. I think it's just really helpful to, because, you know, I'm like such a rule follower that I'm like, well, let me start right. at the beginning. And mm-hmm. then it but it doesn't there's like no need to just pick up any of these. This probably falls more into this like pure rom-com category, mm. which means which like mostly just means there's not much sex, mm-hmm. if any. Evie Drake starts over by Linda Holmes. Yeah, I haven't um, read that one, but I know that I would like it. The banter is delightful. Okay, good. It is about a woman who moves to Maine and this former baseball player rents a house from her. I don't even know if she moves to Maine. She lives in Maine. We had T- Talia Hibbert on the podcast a while ago, almost over a year ago now. We love Take a Hint, Danny Brown. But again, all of this is all part of this. A, a universe that she has created and yeah, they're like all the great. second book. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, it's the second book yeah. in the like Brown sister series. Yes. And yes. then one that I, I mean, this is like really at the tippy top of my list, Honey and Spice by Bolu. Ba- I haven't read Babalola. it yet. You're going to yeah. love it, but I, I want, I think I want you to re- to listen to it. The audiobook okay. is so good. The woman who does it is so good. And we've talked a lot about how audiobooks can be hard in romance because you often have women doing a man's voice in a way where you're like, they do this yes. and it doesn't work. <laughs> and it really doesn't work. But this voice actor is so talented. And also it takes place in England. And so having the British accents is helpful because obviously if I'm reading it, I'm not reading in the British accents. It is another one where I laughed out loud a lot. And Bolu's a really good follow on Twitter and it the humor transfers to her book. Like if you her, her Twitter humor and her voice is very present in that book. The one other one that I wanted to share was Red, White, and Royal Blue, mm, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a lot of people's entry point yeah. at, this, at this juncture by Casey McQuiston. And it's being made into a movie and it is the first son of a female president and like Prince, who's like a Prince Harry sort of like mm-hmm. type British prince. It is delightful. That cover really does feel like mm-hmm. what what this whole moment yes. is too, yes. right? Totally. And the Emily it's, Henry ones are yeah, really, for sure. Yeah, they do it for sure, for sure. I loved talking about this. Call us, leave us voicemail, and tell us about what your favorite romances are and which ones we should be reading. Oh, you know which one other one that I did like that I just finished Please. and I was telling you about was Every Summer After. Yeah, um, that is good. And I have to say, it didn't feel as much like. I can't put my finger on why it didn't feel so much like a romance novel. It, it is 100% a romance novel in any in every way, and it is intentionally a romance novel. May, it doesn't have the the cover, for one. It doesn't have the flat illustration cover. But it felt a little like, I don't know, a summer saga. It's fun. Mm, it's a good mm, summer mm, read. Mm, mm, mm. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Love it. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com.
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.